0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 190 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, let's have a chat about how we want to show up for the second act of this life. I read something recently that has stuck with me. If only where I read it or who said it stuck with me, it did not. So, to paraphrase, instead of fretting about how we're already X numbers of years old, for me, 53, Why not focus on the life you want to create over the next 40 or 50 years? Today, I'm going to share some ways I've been doing that over the last year with my 52 New Things at 52 project. My hope is that this discussion will spark ideas for you about how you want to elevate your second act. Let's do it. When I turned 52 last October, the thought was weighing heavy in my brain about not wanting to be stuck in my ways, not spending the next 40 or 50 years doing things exactly the same simply because that's how I've always done them, eating the same foods, traveling to the same places, spending my free time with the same hobbies. Admittedly, I am a person who likes routine and ritual and stability. As much as I love to travel, I find almost as much joy in returning home to my normal life. Like, I really like it, and I wanted to see how I could balance that drive for sameness with actively pursuing new experiences and new ways of showing up in the world. I came up with the idea to try 52 things, new things, over the year that I was 52, and what a ride it has been. I want to start with what some people might call a failure. It's been a whole year now. My birthday was last October 7th. It's now past October 7th. I just turned 53. I ended up with 31 new things instead of 52. Now, if you've been a listener for a while, especially if you're one of my members or clients, you already know that I don't see that as a failure because y'all, I deliberately tried 31 new things this year. That's still a lot. And frankly, I absolutely did many of those things because I was actively pursuing the goal of hitting 52. And that's the point. It wasn't about the number itself, it was about trying, having this mindset of I am a person who does new things, who tries new things. And I became that person more intentional. Not that I've never been that person, but that I was really intentional about that. Now, a few of the things I tried were accidental rock climbing, for example. <laughs> if you listen to the episode 188, you will hear all about that. That was exciting for sure. It was it purposeful. Heck no. Did not intend to go rock climbing. <laughs> scared the bejeebies out of me. Some of the things that I did, those 31 things, were teeny tiny, like trying yellow nail polish. This one was interesting for me because it's an example of one of the many small ways that I have become set in my ways. I am solidly a pink and purple nail girly. I do red or burgundy for the holidays. I've done white like one or two times, like maybe once a year, possibly I'll do white. I did do a full set of nails of varying colors for the Taylor Swift Eras Tour. When I did my Eras Tour outfit, I did Eras Tour nails. And that was like crazy. Like I've never done anything like that. I guess I should have counted that. I should have counted that as one of my new things. There we go. I've done 32. Um, But otherwise, every single time I go, and I go every two to three weeks to get my nails done, I get some shade of pink or purple. It's pink or it's purple. It's back and it's forth. In August, with the mindset of trying new things, I set out to pick a different color. I told my daughter as we were going there, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going (laughs) to pick something that's not pink and it's not purple. Lo and behold, pale yellow is divine. It is so end of summer vibes, sunflowers and sunny days. It gave me a little burst of happy whenever I looked at it. I got so many compliments on it, both in real life and online. Like so, so, so many. I'm not saying that just to be like, people ask me what color is my nail? Like constantly being asked in like on in videos, in my DMs like in the comment section, like, what is that nail color? I love it. I loved it so much. It's going to be my new signature August color. Every August, I'm going to do a shade of yellow. I really, really enjoyed it. And I know that's a tiny thing, but our lives are made up of lots of tiny things. Now, some of the things were things that I have wanted to try for a long time, and I had just never made them happen. Trying poutine, or maybe it's poutine. I always thought it was poutine. But my friend who's from Montreal kept calling it poutine, so he probably knows more than me, but I'm still stuck in poutine. Uh, Trying poutine was one of those things. It has been something I have wanted to try for years, literally years. If you don't know what it is, it's a Canadian dish, specifically a dish from Quebec. The base of poutine is French fries. They're then covered in gravy and then topped with cheese. Now, a lot of Americans, if you haven't heard of it before, you're like, that's weird. (laughs) I've heard about it enough that I've been very curious. Like, I love French fries. I like gravy and I love cheese. I've really wanted to try it. I've gone to Canada before and didn't get a chance to try it. This time, when I was heading to Montreal, I told my friend who lives there, we were staying with him, that it was the number one thing I wanted to do while visiting. He wanted a list of what we want to do. I said, if we do nothing else, the one thing I want to do is try poutine. So he got us his absolute favorite. He didn't make it home. He goes somewhere and gets it. He went to his favorite place. And I was really excited to try it. And <laughs> honestly, I was underwhelmed. The fries were like thick cut fries. And I love shoestring fries. Like I like that crispy, crunchy, like a McDonald's type fry. Oh, I live for those. I love them. But these were like that thick cut fry, which I, I just don't love them. They're fine. I don't hate them, but I just don't love them. And the dish was just so heavy, like French fries and gravy and cheese. It It tasted as heavy <laughs> as I'm making it sound. I did like the cheese part best because I definitely love cheese. I didn't love it, but now I've tried it. It's been on my bucket list and I did it. And this goal I said of doing the new things is why it was top of mind. Like when we went there, I said, this is what I want to do. Now, some of the new things I tried, I will definitely be continuing. I'm going to tell you about a couple of them. The first one is I became a regular farmer's market goer. My town has a Saturday morning farmer's market and I've known that and heard good things about it for literally years and I just never checked it out. Like I use Saturday mornings for other things, like running errands or working out or sleeping in. This summer, because I'd set the goal to try 52 new things, one Friday night I decided I would get up early and I would get myself there. And it was such a fun experience. First of all, my town, it's friggin' adorable. And the whole thing was just so aesthetic. Cute little walking path to get to the market. The market itself is set up along the path with like the trees and it's set up under this bridge. Everyone brings their dogs. There were so many dogs. Everyone's visiting. There was such a cool variety of things offered. So traditional things like I expected, seasonal vegetables, fruits, flowers, but also Mexican food. There was a restaurant there that is not from my town, but they had this little catering booth and you could bring home burritos or tamales or guacamole. I have a friend who goes all the time to get their guacamole. I'd never even heard of this place, Uh, but she comes to the farmer's market to get this guacamole. So I brought home dinner of these delicious burritos for the family. The first time I went, there was a stand selling pot pies and quiche. There was one selling homemade dog food. There was a honey shop and a butcher shop. This is all outside on these like little booths and tables. One of our favorites is a bakery set up at the Farmer's Market that makes the best pain au chocolat I've ever had outside of Paris itself. I I love them. I love a good pain au chocolat, chocolate croissant, whatever you want to call them. I love them. Definitely top 10 favorite foods. And I've never had a good one like this outside of Paris. And they sell out every week within 30 minutes. Like you get there, (laughs) the the farmer's market supposedly opens at nine. But when I got there a little before nine, the line to the bakery was already so big that we got the last five. We got the last five. I had brought some of my family with me. We got the last ones and we were there before it started. We were just in line that long. So they sell out within 30 minutes every week. Uh, My daughter went with me most of the month of August. My son and his girlfriend joined one week. We brought the doggies. My best friend and her daughter came along another week. I will definitely be continuing this in the spring. It adds an element not only of like delicious food to my life, fresh produce. My daughter made blueberry muffins with the fresh berries. Uh, She had never done that before. We had caprese salad and Greek salad with the fresh tomatoes and cucumbers multiple times a week for at least a month. Outside of the nutrition piece of it, it also adds beauty and connectedness. It makes me feel like I'm on an episode of Gilmore Girls, which I love, or like a Hallmark movie. And I love that. And so this, one of this new things I tried is something I'm definitely going to continue. The second thing that I'm going to be continuing is embroidery. Now, I want to make it clear that for my entire life, I have struggled with the idea that I'm not creative and I'm not skilled enough at traditional homemakey type things. My mom is like Martha Stewart's twin, minus the jail time. She does it all and she does it well. Sewing, cooking, baking, decorating. Now I'm close with my mom and I tried to learn from her. And undoubtedly I did. But as much as I wanted to be good at those things, I really, I really don't enjoy those things. I just don't. And so I didn't ever get to complete mastery stage of those things. I also felt an obligation to do these things. The religion I grew up in, these scales were female for skills, not scales. (laughs) These skills for females were highly emphasized. Like every woman I knew at church, every one of them good at sewing, cooking, baking. It was a given. Everyone could quilt and crochet and embroider. I learned to make clothes in high school. I needed a lot of help from my mom. I learned well enough that I hand-sewed elaborate costumes for my kids for like the first five years that I had kids. Then I finally admitted to myself that not only did I hate, hate the process, but that it also cost way more than if I just went to Party City. So uh, the elaborate Captain Hook costume and Peter Pan costume I made, they broke me. And (laughs) I moved away from anything remotely related to sewing or crafts for a good 15 years or so because I was not quote, crafty. During my year of 52 new things at 52, I happened to find myself, I have no idea how it started, but on embroidery TikTok. If you're on TikTok, if you're not on TikTok, you might not understand how this works. But if you like watch a TikTok and you watch it all the way through, and it's definitely, if you like it, like I don't, I rarely comment, but I'll watch things. I'll save things. I'll like things. And if you do that, all of a sudden they're sending you lots, lots, lots more of that. And so I must have seen some embroidery video on TikTok and I liked it. And all of a sudden I'm getting tons and I'm watching these women embroider and I found their project creation really relaxing. And so I just kept watching it. I had no thought that I was actually going to make these things. I just thought it was fun to watch. It helped me unwind. After a while, ads started to pop up for me for a beginner learn to embroidery kit. And I told my daughter, that I want that. I'm like, I really want that. And she promptly bought it for me for Mother's Day. It took me all summer to get around to it. But in a shocking turn of events, I am loving it. I'm loving it. How is this possible? I'm going to put a picture on my stories of where I'm at with it soon. How is this possible? Number one, and by the way, I will link that kit because I know I'm going to get people asking me. I'll link it in the show notes. I'll put the link. Oh, if I can find it. I think I can find it. And I'll put the link in the show notes if I can. Right? So how is this possible? How do I all of a sudden love something that like my whole life I've been like, I cannot be good at this. I am not good at this. I am not this person. I'm not crafty. I don't do sewing arts. Number one, I know about having a growth mindset and a fixed mindset now, which I did not know. I was not aware of those concepts the last time I tried crafting. I went into this project with the framework that mistakes are opportunities to learn. That intelligence in an area can be developed. It's not like I always thought, like either you're good at crafts or you're not. That practice and effort can lead to mastery. So that mindset was key. That was a big piece of my success at finding a new hobby that I like. The second one is also the fact that I picked a super entry level project. I'm literally doing a sampler where I learn and practice eight stitches. The goal isn't to make something incredible to display. The goal is to practice. That took away a lot of the stress that I've always felt in the past when I was like making curtains that were literally going to hang in my living room or making my son's costume that he was going to have to wear or making a skirt that I wanted to actually put on my body. That was a lot of stress. And I would usually end up calling my mom and being like, I need your help with this. It's not going to look right. And I would just be really stressed out about it. I actually find this relaxing and enjoyable. I'm not going to do a darn thing with the sampler that I'm doing. When it's done, I'm just going to take it off and it's going to be there. I'm just going to keep it because it was my first little project. And they put a second project in the box. And then we take those stitches we've worked to make this little flowery thing. I don't think I'll do a darn thing with it. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll like put it in a frame or something, or maybe I won't. But I'm putting zero pressure on myself to actually make the thing that I'm making beautiful, usable, displayable. And so I'm able to find it relaxing and enjoyable. So now I am a person who enjoys embroidery and that is a very new version of me. Very new version of me. I want to talk about one final new thing. A new thing project I started this year. One of my, well, I keep saying 52. It was supposed to be 52, now it's 31. One of them that I started and it's, <laughs> it's a doozy. It's one I have tried to do in the past and I was thwarted. I've alluded to it on my Instagram stories that I was trying a super secret new fitness pursuit. And I've only shared the details of this on my private Facebook stories. The only people who can watch these stories are my current Fitter After 40 members and my current alumni members from Fitter After 40. So I have an alumni group called the Aging Stronger Society. So those are the only people who know about this project and obviously like my my family. Six weeks ago, I began a learn-to-enjoy-running 5K program. What? It's true. It's true. Now, it's not actually called that. The program I'm following is a nine-week 5K program that is built into my treadmill. I have coined it my learn-to-enjoy-running 5K because that was my intention when I started it. My entire life, I have hated running ever since I signed up for high school across in ninth grade. It was way too much running at those practices. And my secret shame as a fitness professional back when I started was that I was a terrible runner. Many, many times in my life, i would set out to become a runner and I dropped it every time because I just hated it. Back in 2020, I decided it was time to try running to see if I could find a way to like it. And I made it through week three and then I got long haul COVID. My last run, I was in... um Oh my gosh, what is the name of that town? Mystic. I was in Mystic, Connecticut. You know where the the show uh, Mystic Pizza was filmed? I was on my way to a hiking trip up in New Hampshire. And so I got my very short run in my week three run. It was like a run walk kind of situation. And I got it done in this quaint little town of Mystic, Connecticut. And that was the last time I ran because a week later, I had long haul COVID. I tried again a year later, year, year and a half later, same program. I again made it through week three. And I got a plantar fasciitis flare. And so I felt like I felt like it was jinx. Week three, I was very nervous with this new program to get through week three. I, that was my goal. I was got to get through week three, got to move on to week four. Now I could have decided that clearly learning to like running is not in the cards for me, but I decided to slip it into my 52 new things that I would try this year. And friend, I have done it. I can say with zero sarcasm, that I am enjoying running and I'm shook. I'm shook. It has certainly helped that I have not gotten sick and I've not gotten injured so far. I need to knock on some woods. My kids have me all superstitious. I need to knock on some wood. Now I was super worried heading into week three that I might have a three-peat and need to like bail again, but I have successfully made it through six full weeks. It started out like walk, run, walk, run. It was like a minute of running and then like a minute and a half of running. And so it'd be like a minute of running and then a couple minutes of walking, minute of running, couple minutes of walking. And then over the course of days and weeks, we went up to like um, a minute and a half of running with walking intervals and then two minutes of running with walking intervals and then five minutes of running. And those early ones were actually the hardest ones for me. Like the one, one and a half, two were way harder for me than the later ones. Then we got up to five minute intervals and then 10 minute intervals. And then get this, yesterday. I ran for 25 minutes without stopping, without getting winded, and without wanting to die or hurt someone else. I have genuinely looked forward to each of my workouts. I train three times a week. And I really looked forward to them. Like I'll be thinking in my mind, like, ooh, like now it's going to be running 10 minutes. Can I run 10 minutes? I wonder what that's going to feel like. What's going to be on my playlist? How am I going to do this? I've used, I've really, I've relied heavily on Taylor Swift to do my running. I put off her my first big run, which was, and I know this is not big to other people, but for me, it was big to run 10 minutes, walk three and run another 10. Then that was my workout. I put on her song All Too Well, the 10 minute version. And I was just like, all it is. 10-minute version, two times. I love that song. That's how I got through. I did the same thing with my 25 minutes yesterday, my 25-minute run. I Taylor Swifted up, put my playlist together, and then worked through each song. When I got through the plan 25 minutes yesterday, without a doubt, I could have continued on significantly longer. Like I felt so good. I could have continued on significantly longer. I didn't, though, because I followed the plan. I'm good about following my plans. I feel so good during, and I feel even better after each run. The big difference between now and the attempts to run earlier in my life was, one, the intent. I am not running to be good at running. I'm trying to see, can I like running and can I enjoy it? Which means that the second thing I'm doing is not a stumbling block, and that is I'm running super super, super slowly. Because I'm not trying to be the best runner. I'm not even trying to be a semi-good runner. Nothing about how good I am. I'm just trying to be a runner, trying to practice becoming a person who enjoys running. It doesn't matter, my speed. And so I've got the treadmill set at 3.8. Like speed walkers could absolutely pass me. (laughs) But that's a-okay. Because it's not about speed. It's about being able to become a person who likes running. And at 53, I can actually say, I like running. I can actually say, I am a runner. And that blows my mind. If I have accomplished this, I promise you, you can accomplish anything. I have been trying since ninth grade to be a person who likes running. Did it at 53. I guess 52 and three quarters. (laughs) I just turned 53 the other day. When we let go of our fixed mindset of what we are and what we are not, when we get curious, like I wonder what version of me that enjoys running, what would that version of me be like? What thoughts would that version of me have? What kind of self-talk would that version of me have? What kind of behaviors might she practice? A version of me that likes running, Like, how does she talk to herself? How does she behave? What does she think? That kind of curiosity about who a different version of you might be opens up space for you to step into that version of yourself. Now, you do not have to want to be a runner or an embroiderer or a regular farmer's market goer. Maybe some of that appeals to you, or maybe it's completely different things. Giving yourself a goal to try a good number of new things. It doesn't have to be 52. You can pick whatever number you want. Make it high enough so that you push yourself to try these new things. That can really help you say to yourself like, oh, what could I do differently today? To really like intentionally try new things and then lowering the bar on how skilled you have to be at those things to enjoy them. Both of those things can really help you elevate your life during the second half of your life. That's what I'm trying to do is to elevate myself during the second half of my life. Hope this has given you some food for thought. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I hope you found it motivational, inspirational, educational, organizational. If you did find value in this episode today, it would mean a great deal to me if you would leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to this episode on. It really does help to get this podcast in front of other people. Thanks so much for being here.